Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Each week, we talk with DEP experts about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. So that you'll never miss one of our podcasts, please subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, I'm Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. Today, we are joined by Larry Harrity, Director of the Division of Fish and Wildlife here at DEP, to discuss the 125th anniversary of the Division of Fish and Wildlife. The division has rededicated itself in this anniversary year to its longtime mission of conserving wildlife and providing recreational opportunities for generations of hunters, anglers, and wildlife enthusiasts. And even though we are the most densely populated state in the Union, we have hundreds of thousands of acres that have been preserved by state and local governments across the state that provide lots of opportunity to enjoy the great outdoors in our beautiful state of New Jersey. Larry, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Larry, 125 years, that predates DEP by a long way, and it mm-hmm. predates probably most of the departments of uh, the state government today. Tell us a little bit about the Division of Fish and Wildlife and how it got started. Okay. Well, we're the state agency that manages fish and wildlife for New Jersey residents. Wildlife management goes back to colonial days. Under English rule, laws were created in 1675. The first regulation was to to put a bounty on wolves that were eating livestock. Even in the late 1600s, uh, deer were an issue. They were an economic driver. People ate deer. They made clothing out of deer. And so there were regulations put on restricting exportation of deer in New Jersey. Mm. Now we'd uh, like to export most of them, wouldn't we? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit overabundant now. As a matter of fact, in 1771, there was the first deer season. They basically closed the season for nine months out of the year. They were so concerned. New Jersey is very uh, progressive. In 1850, we realized that a lot of birds weren't amenable to being eaten, and we put restrictions on the take of, of songbirds and, and shorebirds and things of that nature. In 1870s, the first fish commission was created. It was volunteers, and there were laws passed that allowed private organizations to patrol areas to protect wildlife. But we're celebrating this year the 125th anniversary, which was a milestone where the legislature actually in 1892 passed a law appointing three fish and game commissioners and actually provided a budget of a whopping $3,000, which allowed the fish and game commissioners to hire the first game protector, basically the chief law enforcement officer for wildlife, and up to two wardens for every county. And the money was to go to restocking and replenishing the waters and lands of New Jersey. That's amazing that it goes back that far, because I think anybody who has studied the history of state government knows that In the 18th and 19th century, it was really small. The legislature met very infrequently for short periods of time. And to think that in that context, they were passing laws back in the 18th and 19th century and, of course, into the 20th century to preserve and protect our fish and wildlife here in the state. That really says a lot, I think, for New Jersey's commitment for two centuries, even before the creation of fish and wildlife, to preserving our natural heritage here in the state. It's quite an interesting history. So today, now, let's fast forward to 2017. 
What sort of things are you doing today? It's grown a long way since that uh, first $3,000 budget, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I mean, right now, uh, you mentioned land. We administer over 350,000 acres of land. It's entirely devoted to wildlife, and we have employees that manage that property. We work with local farmers to plant crops that benefit wildlife and allow them to continue their business. We have a law enforcement bureau, which regulates and ensures that wildlife are protected. Those are our conservation officers? Our conservation officers. We have 50 of those responsible. They drive around the state. You know, interestingly, when you go back in history, when we first hired these fish wardens or game protectors, you know, they rode on horseback. You can go back to the early minutes of the Fish and Game Commissioners where they voted whether to fix the flat tire of a warden and things of that nature. So we progressed now where our officers drive around in vehicles with computers where they can they can tap into the entire DEP system while they're out on the road to patrol our, our waters and land. We have probably 100 biologists that are working continually to collect data to monitor the populations, to make recommendations to our various councils that work with us and to the commissioner on what we need to do. That data is so important in terms of managing things. Just today, we're recording on uh, Tuesday, July 11th, we received word from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration that uh, they have approved the regulations that the state put in place in May for summer flounder fishing. And our success in getting that approval had so much to do with the fact that we had such good data on the health of our stock and and, uh, such good data of summer flounder stock and such good data on fish mortality and other things like that. That's correct. You know, it's important you mentioned NOAA. You know, we can't do this job alone. We have many partners. We we protect wildlife, but you look at DEP, all the other branches of DEP that that protect uh, citizens from pesticides, that keep our waters clean, that protect coastal resources. All of those sister agencies contribute to the habitat and the protection of wildlife. We have many other partners. On the federal front, we work with U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. You mentioned NOAA, National Marine Fishery Service. Uh, USDA helps us with wildlife control problems. And then, you know, locally, outside of DEP, we work with USDA, the Department of Agriculture. We work with the Farm Bureau, the farmers. We work with a host of universities that help us collect that data that's so important. And we also have a lot of nonprofit organizations like Audubon, the Nature Conservancy, that, that help us manage this resource. So it's one partnership after another, really, to help exactly. them, to help you do your job, and we help them do their jobs. Correct. Yeah, it's quite it's quite something when you think of all the different organizations and all the different mm-hmm. people that we devote to preserving and protecting our fish and wildlife, because they're such an important part of the history and really culture of this state, aren't they? Yes, they are. It's interesting, particularly, I think, now that we're in the summertime, to think about fishing along the shore and in our bays and, of course, uh, rivers, lakes, and streams, how that's such a big part of growing up in in New Jersey. You know, people who aren't from here think New Jersey's just uh, the northern part of the Jersey Turnpike, but we have some incredibly beautiful and uh, really almost remote places where you can go out and enjoy wildlife and and, uh, hunt or fish or, or just watch through binoculars. It's, it's, we have quite a rich heritage in terms of our wildlife and fish, don't we, Larry? Yes, we do. We're blessed with a, a diverse habitat. We go from the, the highlands, the Ridge and Valley, into the Piedmont, down the shore. This tremendous variety of habitat allows us to be homes for, for over 500 species of birds, mammals, reptiles, and amphibians. We also have all sorts of clams and oysters. We do get involved with insects, and if you want to count them, we've got thousands more we're responsible for. 
Uh, for example, monarch butterflies are a national issue now that our agency is participating in, in trying to keep their populations going. Part of what makes New Jersey such a great place in, in which to live and work is the fact that we do have that biological diversity that within a couple hours drive of any place in the state, you can see things that you would think you'd need to travel days to be able to see because of the diversity of our wildlife here in this state. Black bears have been in the news a lot lately, and part of the job that the Division of Fish and Wildlife does is help to manage that population as well. That's been a bit of a challenge. How's that going? It's, it's doing real well. You know, we talked about science and our agency's job of making recommendations to our various councils based on science. A lot of people don't realize that our biologists in the early 1970s were the ones who suggested to the Fish and Game Council that we stop the hunting season population was very low and we had gathered data to show that it couldn't withstand the hunt. Back in the late 1990s and the year 2000, our biologists, based on the data, knew we had a viable population. But since we've had hunting seasons, the population has been mitigated. Uh, we're basically at a stable point and our, our damage complaints have gone way down since we've had these hunting seasons. And an important part of that, uh, the entire schema by by which we um, help manage the black bear population has been education as well, and you've been involved with that quite a bit. Yeah, we have a full-time person that educates schools and and, uh, township groups if they want education on black bears. Uh, We've won awards for educational material, including coloring books for children to learn about black bears, as, as well as videos. Uh, educating people on how to live with black bears. And that's so important because, you know, to have the healthy black bear population and one that uh, does not pose a danger to people, there are simple steps that folks can take. And, and we have a link to that on the description of this podcast to minimize any interaction so that the black bears and the people in New Jersey can coexist in uh, much the same space without us giving them too much hassle and without them giving us too much hassle. You're right. You know, years ago, we went out and, and checked neighborhoods in bear country, and based on our educational materials, we found out that 99% of the people were doing things right. You know, they keep the garbage inside until garbage day. They don't feed their pets outside. They take the bird feeders down in the summer when birds really don't need it. We we're very pleased that people are learning how to live with black bears. That's good stuff. 125 years, long time. What has the division been doing to celebrate this important milestone over the past several months? Well, we were very pleased that on March 30th, the governor signed a proclamation recognizing the contribution of our agency, and that really kicked it off. And then we had an annual open house at, at the Pequest, where everybody comes in and learns about our hatchery and they partake in all sorts of outdoor activities, and we promoted the 125th anniversary there. And we also had the governor's saltwater fishing tournament, and, and that was a major event. And, and this year, for the first time, we invited high school teams to put teams together and participate. Our next big event is going to be the Wildlife Outdoor Expo, September 9th and 10th. We will be celebrating there. And we'll wrap it up in January when we have our, our, our deer classic, where we'll bring in all the, the trophies that the hunters have harvested last year. So that's quite a bit going on, but it's a milestone, certainly well worth yes, celebrating. As you look to the future of the division and uh, managing and protecting wildlife and fish here in the state of New Jersey, what, what are the, some of the things you're looking forward to doing in the next generation? Well, our, our role is in our job is to maintain wildlife for future generations and at the same time provide recreational and, and commercial use where appropriate. You, you mentioned that New Jersey is a highly dense population, although when you look at it, 
the amount of public land and open space that, that we have preserved both at the state and local and county level is really a higher proportion than most states. Yeah, so it's close pretty, to 40%, I think. Yeah, yeah, we're in pretty good shape. One of the big projects that we're working on now is, is what we call change, connecting habitat across New Jersey. And we're looking at all the habitat that we've analyzed. We, we, we have a landscape project where we've used GIS technology to, to look at New Jersey and determine what's good habitat. We're looking at where public land and open space is, and we're focusing on what we need to connect to allow animals to move around into the future. And that's such an important initiative because the animals, as I understand it, they, you know, they get certain trails that the, that, that they have been following for generations, decades, where they might go one way when it's spring and it might be time to reproduce, and they go another way for winter. And sometimes those trails that they've used for so many years might cross a road or something like that, and Obviously, that is not good for them. No, we're working with DOT to, to talk about corridors underneath highways. Uh, we're looking at stream corridors where animals can travel. You know, even small animals need to be able to move genetically. We don't want to have isolated populations. We have great habitat, but we need to connect it so populations can be viable. Yeah, because those isolated populations over time, they, it tends to weaken the overall population if they exactly. don't have that kind of genetic mixing going on. Yeah. Larry, now tell us a little bit about yourself. You're an outdoors person. How long have you been with the division, and what are some of the things you enjoy doing in New Jersey's beautiful okay. outdoors? I've been with the division since 1980, 37 years. Um, so I, you were here for the 100th anniversary? Yes, I was. Very good. Um, you know, when I was a child, my mother used to yell at me for going in the woods all the time. <laughs> thought I was going to get hurt, but that was I was just drawn to the outdoors. Is that here in uh, New Jersey? At, in here in New Jersey. I grew up in Union County mm. and have been a lifelong resident. When I was old enough to find my father's fishing equipment, I would go out and, and fish on my own. When I became 14, I, I had a love for archery. My buddy and I used to practice every day in, in the yard, and we took our hunter education course that we have here. I began hunting with archery, and that's my, my primary recreational activity. I also hunt with a muzzleloader and shotgun. I enjoy bird watching. My wife has bird feeders all over the yard. I have a spotting scope in the backyard. I'm fortunate to live in Huntington County where I have a farm behind me, and I see wildlife every day. Wow, that's neat. Yeah, my wife's a bird watcher, too. We've got hummingbird feeders and thistle feeders yeah. and attract quite a wide variety of birds. And it, it amazes me. My daughter gave my wife a hummingbird feeder for Mother's Day, and literally within like a day and a half of putting it up, all of a sudden we started getting all these hummingbirds. I don't know how they find it so quickly. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and they're fun to watch because they're so territorial to fight over that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a high-energy source, and, and, and uh, they're very cognizant of that. Sure. What, what advice would you give to our listeners about simple things that they could do to help ensure that in the years and decades going forward, we continue to maintain a, a robust and diverse selection of wildlife and, and fish here in our state? Well, I think voters in New Jersey have been very good at uh, voting positively on all the bond issues that we have, and, and that translates into open space and ultimately wildlife habitat, and we, they should continue to consider that. Around their homes, they can minimize the use of pesticides. As I said, uh, insects and monarch butterflies and pesticide use are becoming something that we're looking into. Yeah, we just um, published a guide on, uh, yes. on monarch butterflies, which, yeah. again, we have on the description of this podcast, a link to that guide. Very, very interesting and useful document with some great hints. You mentioned backyard wildlife, planting flowers, uh, having a, a good shrub layer in your property is a way to help out suburban wildlife. 
They can also donate on, on the tax checkoff during income tax time. If they're interested in fishing or hunting, they can purchase licenses that support our agency. And, and they can volunteer if they have the time. We have a lot of volunteers that help us out, and we don't do this job alone. You know, if you look at eagles, uh, you know, eagles have come back. We have over 150 active nests. We have volunteers that, that sit and watch the nests and periodically report to us relative to success. There's, there's a lot of things that people can do to help us out. Yeah, that's good to know because I think, as you mentioned, with all the Open Space Bond Acts that have, have passed, I think every single one that's ever been on the ballot going back to the early 1960s has passed with a healthy margin. The people of this state really do care about our wildlife and our fish and, and making sure that we maintain that as part of our history and our culture and our recreational opportunities, not just for today's generation, but for many generations to come, as did the folks who 125 years ago were the first people to work in what is now the Division of Fish and Wildlife. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, getting the high sign that, incredibly, we're out of time already. This has been a very interesting conversation. I really appreciate your taking time. Any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners before we wrap up? You know, I, I think you know we have a tremendous diversity of wildlife. People can participate by coming to our Pequest Trout Hatchery. We have lots of educational activities. We have Sedge Island where we offer marine education. We have these various activities that we talked about. We have various hunter and trapper education courses. We have aquatic and fish education that we offer both at Pequest and at Sedge Island. And we're starting a couple of new programs back up again, New Jersey Outdoor Woman Program and New Jersey Family Program. We realize that families may want to come and, and interact with our professionals and learn about outdoors. And it's not just hunting and fishing, it's kayaking, it's bird watching, it's plant and animal identification. All these things are available if they check our website at njfishandwildlife.com or go to our Facebook page. That's great. And we have links to all of those things on the description of this podcast, as well as other links that people who are interested in what we talked about today and interested in New Jersey's great outdoors and our incredibly diverse wildlife and fish population can click on and uh, find out more information. Larry, you were here for the 100th anniversary. You're here for the 125th. I will make a date that will come back on the 150th. I'm not sure who's going to be doing the uh, podcast back then, but you and I will come back here and talk about that 25 years from now because I know then that with your lifelong commitment really to the great outdoors, you're still going to be out there plugging for the wildlife and the fish of the state of New Jersey. Thanks, Bob. We'll just need a few rocking chairs. There you go. Well, we can probably scare those up. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today, Larry. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.